Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Hey, hey, tasters, happy Tuesday, and welcome to episode 51. (laughs) I'm doing it. I'm out here, and you can't stop me. Episode 51 of Tasty Top Picks, and today I present to you a holiday buffet. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about several things, because there's a lot of several things going on in the world that I'd like to touch on, especially, you know, during the holiday season. Well, I'd like to start this episode by saying thank you to everyone who tuned in to episode 50 with my girl Trilly Trills, my technician slash co-worker and friend. That was a good episode. If you haven't caught it, you need to catch it. Go back to episode 50 and you can listen to my girl Trilly talk about her traveling solo as a woman, her travels to Canada. It was such an exciting uh, description I told her that Canada has been on my bucket list for quite some time, and I ain't made it there yet. I was explaining that for years. You know, guys that you meet that want to impress you and they tell you about the places that you're going to go. I've had at least two men in my past promise me that um, we was going to make it down to those Niagara Falls on the Canada side, and it ain't happened yet. So I have to make it happen for myself. You know, that's one of the solo trips that I would feel comfortable taking again alone as a woman and um if you haven't listened again you need to and also follow my girl on youtube she has her own youtube unboxing look for all of my thick tall women i got height and curves to them check her out on youtube her page is called lana lux that's l-a-n-a L-U-X-X-E. That's Lana L-U-2-X-S-E on YouTube. And she does beautiful unboxings of outfits. Like, you know, all the stuff that we love to order online. All your good stuff from Fashion Nova or Blink Boutique. Whatever you're into. Well, she orders these things, too. And she tries them on in real life, real time. And does the poses and the whole walk the strut shows everything off from front to back and gives actual reviews of all the products so again check out lana lux youtube page again that's my girl trilly trills you can follow her on instagram too so yeah definitely want to shout her out for that and um as an appetizer while i'm recording this you know i'm not eating anything major because it's actually pretty pretty damn early like the wee hours while i'm recording this and i just finished snacking on the almond joy that's one of my favorite candies i don't know um if you all don't know stella melafonte is a chocoholic i love chocolate and nuts go figure <laughs> and you know um almond joy gives you the best of both worlds you got your almonds your coconut and covered in chocolate i know people that can't stand it oh i could never i would never well save all the chocolatey nuts for me so um i don't know what i want to get into later you know what i got a taste for though i've been craving shellfish 
And I haven't done this in a while. I've never done a seafood boil on my own. But what I have done is put together the pans of seafood like you do at the seafood restaurants for all of my New Yorkers in City Island. Like the way they do it, Sammy's or at, um, oh my goodness, it's one of my favorite spots. And I can't even think of it right now. Oh, Crab, crab Shanty. You put all the seafood in the pan. I did it before and it came out so good. I bought crab. Snow crab legs, lobster tail, corn on the cob, sausage. So I boiled the sausage and corn together first just to, you know, give it a little extra tenderness. And then I tossed everything together in a pan with like cayenne and Cajun seasoning, Old Bay, drizzle butter over everything. Preheat the oven to about 400 and let it sit in the oven for about 25 minutes. When I tell you good, oh my God, yeah, I'm craving something like that. The only thing that I haven't mastered, you ever watch these mukbangs where they make the seafood sauce to go with it? Like these red sauces and garlic sauces, they never say what's in them, but they look so good. They just so soupy and thick and spicy looking, so I have to look that up. But yeah, I'm craving seafood. So, also, um, this is what I wanted to get into. <laughs> now, let's go back to episode 49 and three quarters for all of you. I got a lot of feedback on that. That was the YouTube. Well, I directed all of my listeners to go to YouTube to watch a video that I reposted about being dumped by an ugly man called Dumped by a Goblin. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, that it, it was funny. You know, I, I've been told that I, I, I can bring a giggle or two. And um, just to go backwards, I reposted that because that goblin did something to me recently that really kind of like it got next to me regarding a family member of his that I was very close to, you know. And um, I said, fuck him. And I reposted this video and people think it's hilarious and i tend to agree it was hilarious i wasn't feeling very hilarious when i actually made that video but now looking back on it like they said oh we look back and now we can laugh but i also brought up episode 49 and three quarters to discuss the show oh watch out you got some spoilers here how many of my tasters watch love is blind on netflix it's already on season three. I don't think I even watched the first season. I watched the this season and the season before it. I'm going to fast forward all the way to the end. Here, spoiler, like I said. Anybody that completed season three of Love is Blind, which dropped about two and a half weeks ago. Let's talk about SK and Raven. SK, the educated Nigerian, and Raven, the blonde, um, beautifully built, light-eyed beauty who accepted this educated goblin into her life and this is why i'm calling him a goblin you know the first for all of you who don't watch love is blind the whole premise of the show is connecting with people sight unseen they have you in these little um basically apartments that they call pods with like a screen or wall between you and for the first episode you're just talking or you hear voices and you're connecting with voices so sight unseen this beautiful woman, it's about maybe about, I'd say, eight guys, eight girls in each pod, each apartment on either side of the wall. So, like I said, I'm fast-forwarding to the very end. 
So after this young woman, Raven, has accepted a guy named SK into her world sight unseen, um, not the best looking. I give him goblin status, Nigerian dude, not, not too handsome. And you can tell that she wasn't attracted to him. When she heard his voice through the pond and he said, I'm Nigerian, she was like, oh, <laughs> Nigerian. Uh. And that's not what makes him unattractive. That I, I don't mean that by any stretch of the... um. You know what I'm explaining to you. I don't mean that he's attractive because of his unattractive because of his nationality. He's unattractive because he's unattractive. He was dull. He was stiff. Everything about him was oh my education. I'm looking for someone who's educated. And this bitch was bad. Yeah. For all of you who know, Raven was gorgeous. Cat eyes, natural fit body, working out his life to her. Beautiful blonde hair good clean skin you know just 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 had a lot of pizzazz and she's one of those women where if she walks in the room your man is gonna look and you can't even get mad and if you get mad you better get um your shit together and get your your, your insecurities in order because she is that bitch so anyway she chooses this man that i feel does not match her fly and they had a couple of stumbles, you know, as the show goes on, you get to know each other, start spending nights together, talking about a future. And it actually comes down to a wedding. So long story short, she accepted this man's hand in marriage. And um, this nigga SK left her standing at the altar. Yeah, that's the way this show plays out. Like I said, it's a spoiler. When you get to the very end, you get dressed in your wedding gown, standing there before friends, family, loved ones, all kind of witnesses. And there's no guarantee that this person is going to say, I do. Well, SK didn't. And all I can say is, go to my YouTube and check out Dumbai Goblin. This is what happens when you let ugly motherfuckers play in your face. I'm sorry. He would have never had the time, the chance, or the opportunity, nor the space to leave me standing at anybody's altar. And I feel, again, like I said, if you want to know my take on it, let's go back to my YouTube video. Wouldn't have been me. Well, you know, God bless you, Raven. I know that there's um a, a hundred somebodies out there that would love to give you the world. And SK, with his goblin ass, wasn't one of them. Young lady, you did not deserve the embarrassment of being left at the altar on national TV on such a popular show in front of everybody. I feel like, I wonder if he did a shock factor, dramatic effect, but he was just so dull and boring. You know what? That would actually made him more exciting. I don't think he's even an exciting enough man to pull some shit like that. When he left us standing there and said, I can't, I don't want to do this, he meant that shit. So, um, again, God bless you, Raven, and fuck you, SK. <laughs> and let's talk about the holidays. Oh, going back to food, one thing that I did not do this year, and I'm so proud of myself, I did not do the days-long feasting after Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving food. I stopped at Saturday. I ate some really, really good food, as I talked about, from Chef Couture, that's Chef C-A-T-O-R-E, on Instagram. And in my family, we all bought side dishes. Me and my sausage cornbread stuffing is the crowd pleaser. So we had some really good food, short ribs of beef, um, honey barbecue, lamb chops, honey butter corn, grilled zucchini, cakes. My aunt made some wonderful cakes. We had pies, yams lobster macaroni and cheese and let me tell you about chef couture 
She does not look. You do not need a magnifying glass to find the lobster chunks and her baked um, lobster mac and cheese. I was really impressed. I know I think I had her lobster mac and cheese last year, but if I did, I don't remember it being this full of lobster. Like, they claim that there's a crab and lobster shortage. You know, all our seafood balls are causing a shortage in the seas, I guess. But um, not for Chef Couture. She did not skip out on lobster. But, yeah, Saturday was my cutoff. So I feasted Thursday, Friday. Saturday was it. I was not trying to go a whole seven days, and I know people that do it, um, breaking turkey down in the turkey sandwiches, turkey fricassee, all other types of turkey cuisine. You know, I saw a thing online where a young man got real creative and turned his whole Thanksgiving meal into a sandwich between some toasts. I'm talking about the greens, the ham, the macaroni, the turkey, the stuffing, and might have been some cranberry sauce in between two slices of toast. Now, I've had something similar to that, but not to that extreme. It was a restaurant in Brooklyn called Rosalia's. It's like a breakfast cafe. And they made something called the Thanksgiving wrap. It's actually a wrap with turkey and stuffing in it. And that's about it. I think maybe a little cranberry sauce. It's all right. But it didn't have greens and ham and macaroni and <laughs> all that other shit. So, yeah, tasters, what's your um Thanksgiving goodies cut off? Just curious. And a uh, shout out to my girl, Mary, my childhood friend through thick and thin from the cradle. How many of my tasters that they can't remember not knowing? Well, Mary is my friend that I can't remember not knowing. And because we never not knew each other, we've known our families grew up together on the same block. You know, we really live in one of those neighborhoods before gentrification where everybody moved into the neighborhood in the late 1960s, early 70s and been there ever since. So when did we not know each other? Well, anyway, my girl Mary threw an impromptu Friendsgiving and it was super lit. We were drinking on wine. As I told um, some of my people on Instagram posts, she had us drinking this good old sweet wine. Look, on the rocks called Low Hanging Fruit. <laughs> it was tasty. And it gave a cute little buzz and she made food. We had desserts. We were drinking white Hennessy and just chitting and chatting. Yes, me, Mary, and my girl Pam and, and and Mary's boo, we had a nice time. And I love get-togethers like that. I love gatherings of friends. And um, this is what I wanted to say. I feel like sometimes, or well, at least for myself, when it comes to doing a Thanksgiving with family, you may get caught up in routines of what's supposed to be done because this is tradition. And at 45 years old, well, I had started doing this years ago and then stopped because of work and scheduling. You got to make your own traditions. Like, I've heard friends even mention, you know, people around me, how they don't celebrate the holidays the way they used to because certain loved ones are no longer present. Although I get it, I can't stand on that. I love the holidays. I look forward to the fellowship, the warmth, the, the togetherness of the holiday season from Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. You know, I think about, I was having a discussion with one of my guy friends about, you know, he feels that he don't celebrate the holidays no more either because of who's no longer here. And I asked him, I said, you know what, what if our parents had done that? 
where would we have been? Just imagine if our parents had said, well, I ain't doing no Christmas because I miss Big Mama. Or I'm not having Thanksgiving because I miss my granddaddy. You can't do that. I mean, you can, but how cool is it? If our parents had done that, it's like they would have been taken away from our festivities. Like, I don't know. I don't want to call it selfish, but like I said, just imagine if our parents had felt the same such way and they didn't. And believe me, our parents and grandparents suffered losses before we came into this world. Tasters, don't think that your closest family members who were responsible for your holidays didn't suffer losing an aunt or a parent, a grandparent, you know, a sibling, anything just imagine if they closed the door on the holidays because they missed those people in their lives so bad. You know, I just, you know, everybody's going to do whatever they do, but I choose not. But again, like I said, what I won't lock myself into is routines. I'm going to start doing the holidays the way I want to do, to do them. Like for Christmas, for instance. I always used to laugh that to me, Christmas in some black households is like Thanksgiving part two. And it can get shitty. It's boring. Uh, it's, it's crappy to me. I don't want to do the same thing and eat the same foods for Christmas that I did for Thanksgiving. So I might just do my own little Christmas. You know, I remember one year, this is years ago, I was saying um, when you listen to my episode, the Cougar episode about my young boy. And you go back to my episode, it's called Cougar Seeks a PYT. And we had a tree trimming in my house. And it was the one of the most awesome things. Shout out to my bestie in Texas, Joy, for putting me onto tree trimming. I had never done something like that. So I invited everybody over one year. And me and my babe dressed it up like, dressed it. Oh, my goodness. Look, we dressed it. We dressed up like Mr. and Mrs. Claus. We had food, liquor, invited everybody over. And my only requirement is that everybody bring an ornament. And it was so beautiful i mean people bought ornaments that you wouldn't believe like they didn't just go to the discount store and just buy garland no they really bought ornaments i even had an ornament come from one of my people's in a tiffany's box like it was really nice and i enjoyed that so you know i want to get back into the swing of you know having my own little holiday traditions and for my own happiness and peace and sanity. And also, you know, just to throw it out there, not to make it about work and bore my listeners, I um, am starting a new schedule at work as of next week. So I'll have weekends off. So any of my tasters that's listening and love Stella Belafonte and love hanging out, you can invite me now because I know a lot of people get sick of me turning down certain invites because I can't go. I'm working on the weekends. Well, not for the next six months. For the next six months, I will be off on Saturdays, Sundays, and holidays. So, holla at Stella Belafonte. Holla at your girl. So, anyway, there we go about the holidays. Let's get into it about, hmm, where do I want to start? Yeah, it's going to take a morbid turn. Again, rest in peace to Shanquella Robinson. If you don't know the story, I'm not going to go back over it. But Shanquella Robinson is no longer with us. 25-year-old woman who was murdered on a vacation with friends to Cabo, Mexico a few weeks back. And um, I'm going to call it overkill. It got to the point where it's gotten to the point where I can't even open my phone or turn on my YouTube without crazy stories regarding Shanquella Robinson's death 
and the investigation. There's like so much, so many unanswered questions, too many stones unturned, too many doors that are still closed. People are doing a lot of speculating. They're just, honestly, I've seen reporters, especially on YouTube, just making shit up. I actually watched a YouTuber spend almost three hours on this case, just making shit up off the top of his head, like a fake detective. It was like, hmm, I wonder, you wonder if the parents had anything to do with it. You never know. It was, it just got disgusting. This woman is gone. This young, beautiful woman is no longer here. Let her rest in peace. You know what I'm looking for? I don't ever want them to give up the fight to bring her killers to justice but in the meantime i wish that all the speculation and all of the fake revelations would stop all of, like you know a couple of youtubers were really on their job like i want to shout out my boy sean Davyway, who killed one of the lies that um one of her so-called friends told that she couldn't go to the hospital where she was because they didn't accept her insurance and sean Davyway shut that down he dialed up that hospital, and they said insurance was no problem, and if you didn't have health insurance, they would just bill you. So shout out to YouTubers and to reporters and journalists and bloggers who are into it that way. But just sit and speculate and make shit up and start coming up with just wild theories and finger pointing regarding family members and friends and people who weren't even there. I wish that would stop. Again, this young woman is gone. Let her rest in peace. It's overkill. And speaking of uh, people who have passed on, you know what crossed my mind? Um, it crossed my mind because speaking on the death of the rapper Takeoff, uh, you know this young man has not been dead a month yet. And there are just some things that I did think about. Like, isn't it just crazy? He was just so mysterious. And the fact that, as far as we know, he definitely didn't have children. There was no wife. Nobody's coming out the woodwork to claim him. Like, I've seen some of these young rappers. Like, when that kid XX Extension got killed, a woman popped out and said she was pregnant by him. They did a DNA test, and it was true. Nobody even knew this young girl was pregnant. Not his family or nothing. Had his baby baby look just like him. Rest in peace to that young rapper. But um, with Takeoff, it's like he was just such a mystery. There was nobody just coming out saying, you know, he was mine. I'm claiming him. You know, no children. And it's a sad thing because apparently being that he didn't leave a last will and testament already the fight has begun over his estate it's alleged that he left behind a net worth of close to 30 million dollars as young as he was and you know people that say oh that's crazy why wouldn't you have a will i don't think that most people under 30 years old are thinking about dying i gotta be real with you i'm 45 years old and that's something that i've been slacking on but you know what i need to get my shit together as for all of us as far as wills life insurance everything you don't want to be a burden. You don't want people that, um, you, you would be surprised that people that come just like out of nowhere trying to claim your shit because they are your closest living relative. And that's what happens when you leave good money and no will. They really start breaking it up. The government starts breaking shit up according to your bloodline. 
like right now I got family members where it would I, I would come back from the grave and die all over again to know that they were sitting around fighting over my money you know remember when you were little and you would come into the kitchen and that'd be that kitchen table talk or that late night uh bedside table talk where you would hear one of your family members on the phone like mm, you know ronnie died and he didn't leave no money behind or you know um big sam he kicked the bucket, honey, and it wasn't no will, and they fighting over this money. I don't ever want that to be my story. I don't want nobody sitting on their bedside on the phone late at night to my, yeah, you know, Stella, she died, and it was unexpected, but she didn't have no will, no life insurance, and they said she got all of this and that, and who's supposed to go to? Because you know she never had no kids, so, yeah. Those are things that we need to get serious about if you ain't all serious about it yet. And I admire all my sisters who do have that part of their lives together. So, again, last wills and testaments, life insurance. You know, the same way, even like remember back in the days when you would see old movies about rich people leaving video wills? Do that shit. You know, we doing selfies and videos about every damn thing else. Make a last will and testament on the video. I don't know how... Um, how true it is that you don't even need things to be certified, but just need something like it, it doesn't have to be. I don't know what makes the document legal, but leave something, even if it's just a piece of paper folded up saying, I of sound mind and body am leaving this to so-and-so. Leave it in your top drawer. Put it on your refrigerator. Hide it under your mattress. Leave it on your night table. Put a last will and testament, have it notarized, certified something. Put it in an email, email it to yourself, email it to your favorite cousin, your favorite sibling, your, 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 fav look, your favorite parent, your hubby, your wife. Send that to them so that they'll know that in the event of your death, these are the arrangements that you want made. These are how you want things done. Because even though once you die, you have no control of anything, you do have control of how things go upon your death you don't know when it's coming but when it comes you don't want to be out here with shit going on like what's happening allegedly with takeoff's family i listened to a whole um video post the other day and they were talking about his family members of his and all of these siblings probably siblings that he wasn't even that familiar with who all feel like they um deserve a stake in his you know claiming part of his estate and it was like my God, like people can do that. And yeah, apparently they can. So um, what else are we going to talk about today? Oh, tasters. I don't know if you all have heard. What the fuck is going on in DR? Tasters, you all heard about what's happening in the Dominican Republic, a place that I've never had any desire to visit. In my whole damn life. Well, apparently, the U.S. government has sent a travel advisory for darker-skinned U.S. citizens and U.S. citizens of African descent who are traveling to the Dominican Republic amidst mass deportations of Haitians. Let me tell you something, tasters. It ain't just deportations. Shout out to Lovely T on YouTube. If you don't follow Lovely T, you should. Lovely T, according to a video that she posted, said that um, as of the last couple of days, weeks maybe, but I'd say days, like just before Thanksgiving, DR has decided to, um, they don't want you in their country if you have dark skin. And if you are dark skin, 
they're assuming that you must be from Haiti and they want to send your ass back. So, um, to all of my tasters who like to travel, especially my men, stay the fuck out of DR right now. I was actually on a phone call with a homeboy early yesterday morning who was telling me about his man. Oh, he's in DR. My bestie's in DR with his family. And I said, in DR with his family. I said, your bestie must be light-skinned. He started cracking up. He was like, why would you say that? I said, you don't. You have no idea what's going on in DR right now. Yeah, they absolutely don't want people with dark skin in the Dominican Republic. They are deporting them. According to Lovely T, let's go back to her. You can be beaten. Uh, you may be detained and you may be even killed. I saw a story a few days ago about a woman who was refused entry, a black woman with dark skin. She was refused entry while she was in labor, ready to give birth into a Dominican hospital. They wouldn't let her in and she had to give birth outside in the street because the Dominican Republic, for whatever reason, has an issue with people with dark skins. They don't like Haitians. They don't like dark-skinned people. And you know what? That dark-skinned Haitian shit is really crazy because it's crazy that most of the Haitians that I know are actually pretty fair-skinned. I'm talking about fair-skinned and damn near white. I can only name a few Haitians that I'm close to who actually have dark skin. Not that that should matter, but how can you determine a person's race by their dark skin? And you know, shit like that, it really upsets me because... You know, they look at us and say that we are still complaining about things that happen to us as black people and we need to get over it and get past it. Tell me something, Tastes. Name another race of people on the planet who's experiencing some shit like this right now in the 21st century. Name another race of people that can actually be expelled from a country because of their dark skin. There is no other race on the planet going through no shit like that and it's only blacks i don't want to hear about well you know people from india could be dogs too i seen dog skin indians no 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 we're not going sugarcoat it and talk that bullshit you know what i mean they're doing it to us they're doing it to us unambiguous blacks and the darker your skin the higher your chances are getting your ass kicked or actually killed in dr stay out of dr I don't want people trying to make sense of it. I don't want to hear, oh, Haiti and DR is the same. They brothers and sisters. No. If you want to talk about Haiti and DR being like um, siblings, well, it's a sibling rivalry that's been going on for far too long. And I don't want no parts of it. And also, i got to be honest with you, Tasters. DR has never been on my travel list. I ain't never gave a fuck about visiting the Dominican Republic, especially with their um, sleazy history of tourism. We know why most people go to DR, at least the men. I don't know any men that go to DR um, not going for um, sleazy, shitty, slutty, skanky reasons. We all know. That's what men, I know men that go to DR strictly for that. Go on whole group trips for it. Come on, I know tasters. If you out and about and been out in the world, I'm sure you got a couple of homeboys that's actually sponsoring them fucking poor ass women out there. Paying all their fucking bills and, and, and making sure that they keep good sneakers on and to stay on Instagram with a fresh bag. Like, what, what the fuck is that? Like, I never understood what's in DR anyway that's so wonderful. I remember I had somebody tell me before, oh, you don't know the hospitality in DR is so great. I know a lot of hospitable places. I don't need DR hospitality. They can keep it. And then as a woman, 
what they said, me and my homeboy was talking about, the only thing that you can go to DR for right now anyway is to get ass or get ass. Literally, literally and figuratively. And I ain't looking for no BBL, at least not right now. And um, I ain't trying to buy no box. And are men selling dick in DR? You know how you got countries like Jamaica where the men sell dick? Do men sell dick in DR? Do women go to DR seeking dick? You never heard that. But I know the women are out there slinging it. And that's what DR's history is. And that's another thing. For them to, um, I wonder how much money they're going to lose now that they, um, that would be interesting to see. How much money is DR going to lose in tourism now that they don't want dark skins out there? Because I know, like I said, several of my dark skin brothers and black men were out there, um, keeping those women fed and dressed and impregnated. <laughs> so I wonder what the, what the effects are going to be. Oh, well, fuck DR. Like I said, that was never on my travel list anyway. You know, you ever heard um, countries that people get excited about going to? And when you hear it, it's like, why? Why are you excited? And let's not talk about once the um, the scamdemic started in 2020. All of a sudden, there was just this whole list of people just popping up dead in DR. After going to the bar, hanging out at night, just being found dead in their rooms or dead on the beach. But they said, when you're sitting at the bar and all of a sudden you're rum and coke, Start tasting like fabuloso. That's a problem. Yeah. Again, fuck DR. And I mean that. And you, you just got to be careful going to these crazy countries, period. Just dipping in and out, not knowing the laws. It's certain countries that's just like so far behind and so third world in their bullshit. Before even thinking about booking a flight, you would have to do like damn near research paper. Like if you were still in high school. Like getting ready to write a report or do a term paper on the country before even flying out there. And I feel like if you got to do all of that, like you don't want to be flying no countries that could possibly go into World War II, excuse me, World War Three, while you out there. You don't need it. Like, come on. Is it worth it? Again, fuck DR. I say it again. Fuck DR. And what about Brittany Griner? Apparently, the NWA player Brittany Griner is in Russia and has been transferred to a Russian penal colony. According to news reports, Brittany Griner has been moved into an old brutal prison system where she's being forced to work 16-hour days. Her whereabouts are unknown, and there's racism and homophobia. See, that's another thing. When you travel into these countries, tasters, you can't be going there all willy-nilly playing around when it comes to drugs you can't just say oh i'm just gonna take me a little smoke and chill first of all i'm just curious as a wnba player you know everybody says that oh she only had a little bit of smoke on her and a vape are you supposed to be vaping and smoking and doing any of that shit you know i feel like before you just start doing frivolous shit in all these wild countries study their laws because i have been to some very exotic places but I never, it has never dawned on me to go into any of these people's countries with anything that you can smoke, that you can light. I don't even, there was a point, yeah, I got to make a confession, taste this, that I like the Newport. I love me a cigarette. There were times where I wouldn't even carry a box of cigarettes into another country. I would wait until I get there. You know, buy me a cigar or something. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to carry nothing overseas into these countries where I don't know their laws and possibly end up in um, 
some boot camp. And none of y'all ever seen Locked Up Abroad? Yeah, that show was pretty wild. And speaking of Locked Up Abroad, oh, I know you all are like, what the fuck is Stella on today? Because yeah, it's the holidays, and I know people like to travel. You know, we just talked about traveling solo and, you know, staying safe. Well, rest in peace, the Lissetti Malapisi. She was a 30-year-old woman from Botswana that was caught smuggling heroin into Bangladesh a year ago. She was executed on November 25th, executed by hanging for smuggling. From what I'm told, again, it's just a few ounces of heroin into Bangladesh. And Bangladesh arrested her held her for a year, and they hung her. See, this is a story that you probably won't hear about, you know, because she wasn't an American citizen, but you are going to hear about it from Stella Belafonte. Again, her name was Lissetti Molapisi. She was only 30 years old. And I got to be honest, tasters, I felt like that sentence was really harsh. Like, did she know their drug laws? Was she aware of the stiff sentencing? You know, somebody brought up the point in comments on a post about it. What if she wasn't the actual culprit? What if somebody planted the drugs in her luggage? Or what if she was an actual mule that was doing it by force? You know, she could have been part of a bigger operation. Maybe she was fearful of her life. That if she didn't carry these drugs into this country, that they were going to kill her. The sad part is she ended up dead anyway. So, again, rest in peace to Lissetti Molapisi. And, um, again, to all of my women just traveling solo or traveling, period, let's not be stupid. Leave the drugs at home. Don't get mixed up into being a mule for anybody. You know, don't get caught up in the, I just want to have a good time. I'm just going to take a little smoke. Because a little smoke and a little heroin, a little coke, whatever may have you, can actually end your life. So, that's about it, tasters. I just want to get into a few things. You know, it was just the holiday buffet. Oh, but this is what I did want to end things on with this holiday buffet. Look, I, I know you fucking lying. Speaking of foreigners and travel and shit like that so anyway picture it brooklyn 1998 stella belafonte is a young girl who has decided that she wants to get a body together so she's been frequenting a brooklyn gym in bedstuy neighborhood gym trying to get a sexy bag let me stop this shit anyway let's talk about it tasters I was going to a neighborhood gym back in the days, me and a couple of my girlfriends. We had just got on this kick. We was like, we're going to start working out. And this is before working out even got really popular. There was no social media in 1998, no Instagram, no Facebook, no none of it. We was really just getting up like, fucking, I'm sick of being fat. I want to be cute. You know what I'm saying? I, and the word thick wasn't even out. We wasn't thinking about being thick, curvy. It was like, damn it, we got some pounds to lose. Anyway, I was going to this gym in Brooklyn that was not too far from me in Bed-Stuy. It was black on which was a beautiful thing you don't even see that anymore and um very popular black owned gym it was owned by a black west indian couple and that gym no longer exists but anyway moving right along so as i was working out you know once you start getting sexy you start catching some of the gym members eye so anyway i caught the eye 
of a fine jet black. Ooh, he couldn't be caught dead in motherfucking DR right now as black as he was. Oh, a fine black as midnight man from the Sudan. We're going to call him Musa. And the reason why I call him Musa, because when I look at him and I think about him, if you've ever seen the drawings of Master Musa from the kingdom of Mali back in the days, he gives me that. He was just as pretty as can be, jet black. And yes, oh my God, I've never been color struck, but my mother did it to me. I do love a man with some soft, silky hair. And he had the slickest, silkiest hair I'd ever seen on a man as dark as he was. So that just, it's like the silky hair and the black skin just just offset each other so nicely. Ooh, this man was so fine. So anyway... We would flirt with each other, and I would listen to the women flirt with him. And back then, like I said, I was young. I was maybe about 21 years old. We turned about 98, and all of the ladies in the gym would flirt with him. When he would walk by, and be like, hey, African. So I caught myself doing it one day. He walked past, and I said, hey, African, looking good. And his whole face lit up. Oh, my God, tasters. This African had the smile to go with the face and the body. We started talking. We exchanged numbers. Next thing you know, me and Hey African was fucking. I'm going to put it out there just like that. Hey African Musa lived right in the neighborhood. And he was serious about working out. He was a butcher. Worked in the meat market. He was from the Sudan. And he was actually just got into competitive bodybuilding. The reason why I brought that up, just to let you know, I just started watching this series on Netflix called Killer Sally, I think about a competitive bodybuilder who killed her husband and they turned it into a Netflix series and it's actually pretty good. I only watched the first episode, but anyway, fuck Sally. So, but she's what made me think of Musa. So anyway, he was into competitive bodybuilding. He was serious about it. So I would meet him in the gym every day and he would work out like hard. I'm talking about like three, four hours straight in the gym. And I would just be in there watching him because I couldn't work out three, four hours straight. I didn't have it in me. And all this man was eating was pure protein. He worked in the butcher shop. So he would just eat nothing but white meat, chicken. He was eating raw. He was eating oatmeal. It was just, I, this was like new to me. I'm used to eating oatmeal with milk, butter, and sugar. He was eating the oatmeal with pure hot water. He might as well just open the package, open the container, and just pour the oatmeal meal down his throat that's how he was eating and still cut oats um hard-boiled eggs that was his meals 24 7 and taking all of these vitamins no steroids he was pure pure clean you know what else this man was doing he was so serious about competitions as black as he was he was going to a tanning salon so he could look even blacker in photographs oh that turned me on so much tasters i had never seen anything like that so anyway with um he was very disciplined about his diet. I remember watching him in the gym, and I would look at the cuts in his body. He'd be like, babe, look, every day new cuts and muscles would pop up and pop out. And that shit turned me on. And being that he couldn't um, eat any, like, fun foods, like no cake, no ice cream, no fried foods, he would be frustrated a lot. And I got to be real with you, Tasters. Musa was mean. He was mean, he was evil, he was hateful. He was like, you ever seen somebody that's on a diet and they angry and in a rage? So on top of the fact that he was dieting and working out so hard, he was taking all these supplements, and I really felt like they were altering his mood. So anyway, here's a I know you fucking lying for your ass. He and I were on a date one day, 
and he was mad at me because we were actually we had went to the movies and then we went to the buffet because I felt like he could eat buffet style food because they had choices that wouldn't mess up his diet as I think we went to for goodness sake, it used to be downtown. It was right there on Flatbush Avenue. Well, anyway, we went to the buffet, and he was getting, you know, a bunch of hard-boiled eggs, had ordered a steak or whatever. What happened was, I think I had crossed in front of him or pulled my plate in front of him, and this is where the farmer shit comes out. He was like, don't cross in front of me. What are you doing? I'm like, what are you? Like I said, you already was mean. But this was crazy. So he was yelling and screaming at me. And I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? And back then in my toxicity tasters, I got a kick out of it. Because I wasn't afraid of him. I had just never had a man talking to me like this. He was like, don't cross in front of me. You don't know. He was like, I, I, I will step, don't cross in front of me. Believe me, you don't want what is coming if you keep crossing in front of me. And then I defended myself. It was like, who are you talking to? Do not talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Do not curse at me. And he was yelling and screaming and telling me, don't look at him. Don't curse at him. Tay says, I left him standing in there that day. It was crazy. So anyway, maybe about I say that Monday, I walked into the butcher shop that he worked at and I tried to talk to him. Tay says he cursed me out in the butcher shop like, get out of my face. Get the fuck away from me. Don't ever come to me again. That's how fast he was talking. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, cursed me out, walked away. So one of his fellow butchers, fellow butchers, another African looked at me. I think he was from the Sudan too because he had the same look. No, dark skin, like curly straight hair. He said to me, he said, listen, you dealing with Musa? He said, you shouldn't. I said, why not? He said, because you know Musa's from Sudan. I said, yeah. He said, that man will hurt you. He will hurt you. He will kill you. And he will flee this country. You should leave him alone. And you know what, Tastes? <laughs> I took that advice. I had a man look me in the face about his own co-worker and tell me that I need to leave this motherfucker alone because he will hurt me, kill me, and flee the country. Never heard no shit like that before. Ain't heard it since. And Tastes, that is the end of this holiday buffet. Be safe. Take care. Bye.